Daf Kuf Beis. So in the middle of the sugi here, we went off topic a little bit yesterday, talking about Shemitah, and the Gemara had come out yesterday that there was three madrigas when it comes to which types of growing things have Shemitah on them, things which are normally grown for Achila, even if you have in mind not for Achila, we said it doesn't matter. If you have things that are normally meant not for Achila, normally meant for burning, Stam Eitzim Lahasaka, then even if you decide you use it, you have a certain type of wood that is like Achila, where Hanasim, Biyosu, and Shava, Yumar said it doesn't matter. So all Eitzim has that same halacha, it does not have Kedusha Shriyas. And then there was this middle thing, things which grow on a vine, which we said there, sometimes people use it for Achila, and it would have Kedusha Shriyas, sometimes people use it not for Achila, for burning, and it would not have Kedusha Shriyas, depends on the Machshava. Those were the three magicians we came out yesterday. Amar of Kahana, on top of the Eitzim La Tanoi. Our Gersa here is the Eitzim La Tanoi. Rashi in here and in Sukkah explains the Gemara totally differently than he does. And the Gersa the Rashi seems to have, at least the way he explains it in our Gemara, is Stam Eitzim La Tanoi. That this halacha that we just said, that by wood, you go ahead and you say that even though you're using the wood for a torch, which is Hanasar Biras and Shava, it's burned and you get another at the same time, which means it's like Achila, which means it should have a Din Shemitah, that point is actually a which we said you don't say, we said till now you say since most wood is used, for, is used not for that, most wood is, is used for burning and making coal, which is not Hanasar Biras and Shava, and therefore would not have Kedusha Shriya. So we said till now, and if there is no Kedusha Shriya on any wood like that, says the Gemara, now that point is a machlekes tanoi. It's very hard to read into the Gemara, the Pshat that Rashi says over there. If you look, if you have it on side there, sometimes they bring Rashi on the side. Rashi in Sukkah says, this is the Pshat he learned when he was young, and he doesn't make any sense at all what he wrote over here, and therefore he cha- here does not make sense. And the real Pshat is what he wrote in Sukkah, but we'll go with the Pshat he wrote here, because he learned it at some point in time, so we'll go with it. Desanya. And I'll take wood and use it for soaking things. So if you, have, if you want to soak them for, uh, for laundry purposes or for cleaning out purposes, things like that. Rashi is serving a pishton. You're talking about pishton, so it's flax, not wood per se. And yayin for shriyas, you're not allowed to do that. Right? You're not allowed to use it for cleaning things or for soaking wine. You're not allowed to do that. So anything which grew on shmita, there's nothing about wood per se in this case. We're talking about paris, but paris or they, that you of yayin that you can use for non-eating purposes, Tanakama says you cannot. So you could. And now, what, what Rashi says over here is, it doesn't mean, it sounds like the Machalik, it's not like what we're saying. It sounds like the Machalik says whether we could use this for these non-edible purposes. Rashi over here explains what the Machalik is, is like exactly the case of Eitzim. That most of the time it's used for one purpose. The question is, do we look at the Stam usage of it, and that's Kaveya or not? Tanakama says we look at the Stam usage of it. The Stam usage is for Achila, therefore it's always going to have Kedusha Shriyas. And once it has Kedusha Shriyas, you're not going to use it for soaking things and for laundry purposes or anything. Whereas if Rashi says no. Rashi says that this would have a din, like we said before, by the Atzei Geffen, that sometimes it's used for Achila purposes, sometimes it's not. It depends on what you chose it for. And therefore, says Rashi, this would be the same Achlaikis over here by Eitzim. That the Rashi says Eitzim would have the same Alacha. That's it depends what you pick it for. It depends what you cut it off for. If you cut it off for firewood, it would not have Kedusha Shriyas. But if you cut it off for a torch, it would have Kedusha Shriyas, because that is more like Achila. Whereas the other Tanakama says, like the Rabbani, like we had said before, that no, that Eitzim is Nikva always to not have Kedusha Shriyas, because a Rav or Stam Eitzim are not used for this purpose. Again, it's a little hard to read into the words of the Gemara, but that's how Rashi learns it. Because my time at the Rabbanon, what's Pshat in the Rabbanon? So Amar Kral, the Pasuk says, V'ayse Shabbos Ha'aretz Lachem L'Ochla, Sidash is L'Ochla V'la L'Mishra L'Ochla V'la L'Kvusa. 
Now again, the way we're dashing the, the coin to Rashi, there's no machloikis that if it has kedusha shvius, you're not allowed to use it for soaking or for detergent. Everybody agrees to that. The machloikis says, does it have kedusha shvius at all? So it's a little bit hard to read into the drasha, but that's why Rashi does it. The pasuk also says over there, means that you can use it for any type of functional purpose. Hold on. Yeah, you can use it for any purpose as long as it's similar to eating. That it has to be that you're, just like when you eat something, you get enough of it at the same time that you quote-unquote destroy it. So also anything like that, like we say, like burning a torch, or in this case, the Rabbanon say this is not true. Because when you soak something in wine, you use it as detergent, it gets ruined right away, but it doesn't actually have its functional purpose of the acid burning up the dirt or whatever you're doing with it until a few days later. So it's actually not how Yasser Rosh and Shabbat, and therefore it would be Yasser. Yasser Bishak Fusha Shinasan Achabriya. Now, that's only later after the wine is already ruined. What does Yasser do with Lachab? I'm going to call me Bailey, the Kedisanya, that there's something else that's excluded. The Kedisanya. You're not allowed to use it for medicine, not for eating medicine, but for medicine that you put like as a cream on a wound, like on a bandage. You're not allowed to do that for that. So it says the word, so wait a second. So Rabbi Yaisi agrees that the word la'achla is telling me that you have to eat it and not use it as a cream. So why is he say you're allowed to, if you, again, according to Rashi in this regard, if you pick it for the purpose of kvusa, he said it does not have kvusha shvias. But for maluga, that you would not be allowed to do. What's the difference? Lachem says that you could use it for kvusa. How do you know which to include? In which to exclude? My race, the rabbis is a kvusa, it's a maluga. My bani is a kvusa, sheshavel chaladam. Kvusa is something that everybody needs for laundry or whatever it is. That's something normal everybody does. And therefore, that's more mistaber that the Torah said you could do that for Shemitah. Might say it's a malugma, the kind of wound, a cream, a salve that you put on a wound. Shen is shavel chaladam. So again, it sounds like they're arguing whether you're allowed to do this or not, but according to Rashi, they're not arguing whether it's mutter asr, they're arguing what the stam halacha would be by wood that you choose, that you, and now you want to change your mind for it. Come on, Asla. According to that, who's the title of the following price? So, you know, use Shemitah wine to sprinkle on the floor. They used to sprinkle when it was dusty on the floor, and they didn't have, you know, wood floors or, or tile floors, and it was dusty. They used to sprinkle either water or wine, because it had good fragrance, to keep the dust down, and it would make a good fragrance. You're not allowed to do that on Shemitah. Which is also some type of medicine, makes you throw up or something, Rashi says. So, command that's Kirabiyasi. All these things are usher according to Rabbi Yaisi, so why not like Rabbanan? Rabbanan agree they're usher is also. The Rabbanan, Ikami Mishra Kfusa, according to Rabbanan, that's not the full list. According to Rabbanan, should also say that Mishra Kfusa would be usher because Stam Paris are going to be for Achila, and therefore Mishra Kfusa would be usher as well, for the fact that that's not listed in the price. So, therefore, must be that price is not the Rabbanan. But again, according to our, according to the way Rashi explains it over here, the Machlech is what the Lachi is by Stam. But everybody agrees if it has Kedusha Shvis, these things are usher. If you look in Rashi and Sukkah, Rashi says the Machlech is whether these things are usher at all on things which have Kedusha Shvis, which definitely fits much better into the words of the Gemara. Because again, it, it, the question is, what are you including and what are you not including? Rabbi Yossi agreed that certain things were usher. The malugma and things like that are not shava b'chaladam. Anything which is not shava b'chaladam, you, you, it's usher do. Apparently not. 
Apparently not. Rashi says it's not. It's not shavu b'cholim. Only for people who are who are meunag. Rashi says so. People who won't want that and have it, but not everybody wants it. Getting back to the Mishnah. The Mishnah, we, we had a machlekes in the Mishnah, a mayor and a behud in the third case of the Mishnah. Right? In the case where it's Savay Adam and Savay Shachar, Shachar and Savay Adam. So over there, mayor said, you might say you did a Shinui. And if you did a Shinui, the person who, the Uman who ruined it just has to give you, not didn't ruin it, but didn't do what you asked him to do. He has to pay you back the value of the original wool. And Behuda said, no. Behuda said, Lamaisa, it went up in value. And we don't want the person, the Uman who did the wrong thing to gain. It's a knas. And therefore, we allow, if he wants, we allow the Balabais to take back the colored wool, and he has to pay the lower of the amount, either the expenses, or he has to pay uh, the shvach that it went up, or the schar, whichever is the cheaper amount. Says the Gemara, Yosef of Yosef, Achrid of Abba, Kameda Rav Huna. So if Yosef was sitting in back, they used to sit in rows. It was very clear where you sit. You didn't just pick any cheat. So if Yosef was sitting in back of Abba, who was sitting in front of Rav Huna, Rav Huna was saying the Shir. The Yosef, Rav Huna, Rav Huna said the following halacha. He said, Halacha ki bishuban karcha. In some other machlaik, it's only do it our sugya. We'll see in a second. We pass like a bishuban karcha. And halacha ki bihuda. Okay. So Ajun Rabbi Yosef Yosef said, he turned around like talking to his friends and he said, and Vama, and he said, Bishma Bishua ben Karcha Itzrich. I understand Rav Huna's Chiddish. That he told us we passed like Bishua ben Karcha and that halacha that we'll get to. That's a Chiddish, because normally the Rabbanan argue in this halacha of Bishua ben Karcha. And to say you pass like Bishua ben Karcha, Negedah Rabbanan, that is Taka Chiddish. I understand why. Why Rav Huna is telling us that? What is that halacha? Before we get to the question, we have halacha in the Gemara of Adizara that you're not allowed to do business with the Gaim around their holidays. Because if you do business with Gaim around the holidays, then they're moida to their Avadizara and it causes more Avadizara. So you're not allowed to do business with Gaim around their holidays. So Rav Huna says, If you have a star to go collect from the Gaim and you have an opportunity to collect it, wait! Wait till after the guy's holidays so that you won't have an issue of them being made to the Varazar. But Milval Peh and Ephraim, a Milval Peh, which is dangerous because maybe you're not going to have an opportunity. A Milval Peh, you only can force them to collect because you have the Edom around, right? Because there's no Shtar. So now, happen to have the Edom around and it's Erev there, Yom Chag, the Yom Eda. So now, Edom, so now you can go ahead and collect it, says Rabbi Shubhakar, because otherwise, otherwise you won't have an opportunity to collect it from the guy. The Rabbanon disagree over there. The Rabbanon say, no, you're never allowed to uh, collect money from a guy around their chag, whether it's a minimum of a bishtar or milval because we're afraid the guy is going to be happy that he paid off the debt and he's going to thank his avay dezar. And on that, it comes along with and paskins like a bishum and karcha, then milval you're allowed to go ahead and collect, even though he's arguing the rabbanon, he paskins like a yachid. That's a big chiddish, says of Yosef. I get why Ravuna had to tell us that. And Allah could be huda, and our mission of machlekes would be huda and Reb Meir. It's not Reb against the rabbanon, it's Reb against Rabbi Meir. Okay. So the Chaira, we can paskin like either one. How do you know who to paskin like when you have a machlai because you're either a mayor? So it says the Gemara, no big deal. What is a Yehuda? Have to tell us that we paskin like a Yehuda. It's a never Pasha that we paskin like a Yehuda. Why? We know we always paskin like a Stam Mishnah. There are sometimes in Shas where we have two Mishnahs that can't not contradict each other but talk about different different parts. One Mishnah will say a machlaik is about a certain halacha and then another Mishnah will take the, one of the opinions and put it down as a Stam Mishnah. Then if you have what we call Stam v'yachakach machlaikis that first, sequentially in the Mishnahs, the Mishnah says a Stam halacha and then later on it brings a machlaikis about that point then you don't necessarily, that's not called a Stam Mishnah. 
Because even though it said a stam, since the Machlaikis came later, Rabbi Yudha Nasu, who wrote the Mishnahis, by putting the Machlaikis second, was telling you, you should know that point is a Machlaikis, and you have to figure out who you paskin, like Lav Dafka, the Paskin, like the Stam Mishnah. But, if it's Machlaikis, Rachakach Stam, the Yudha Nasi first wrote the Machlaikis. And then later on, sequentially, he wrote a Stam, picked one of the Stadim in that as a Stam, then we paskin like that. And over here says, Maybe Yosef, this is a machlekes from a mayor, but there's another mishnah in Baba Metzia, which is a stam mishnah like a Yehuda. Where do we see that? Machlekes v'achak stam alochak stam. Where do we see this? Machlekes is here in Baba Kama. It's very, very, very rarely do you see the Masechtas. Uh, refer to themselves, okay, at all by name, but here it is because the Baba Kama's remember the Baba Kama, Baba Tzia, Baba Basra, as we'll see. Well, well, that's this Gemara, so you know the Gemara ahead of that. But they're not names for the Masechta per se; they were different volumes, okay. So they were called Baba Kama. It says We have the Machlokes we just learned. So that's the Machlokes Where's the Stam? The Stam is Mamatia. This now we have a mission and Daf I involve in Mamatia. Call a Mishane Yaday Alatahtaina. If you give something to an Uman and he changes it, doesn't do what you want him to do, he did something productive, but he didn't do what you wanted to do. It's Yaday Alatahtaina. You could take the colored wool back, the wrong color, and you have to pay him the less amount, which is Mamashitas. Rabbi Yehuda. So we have over here Machlaikis followed by a stam, which means we paskin like Shitas Rabbi Yehuda. What's Ravuna's Kiddish? That's another halacha over there in the Mishnah. We won't go into that halacha now. But that's just the, the end of that Mishnah over there, and I involve in Bamatsia. So says the Gemara. So this is Rav Yosef's Kasha. What's Rav Huna's Chiddush? Says the Gemara. Rav Huna, it's Rav Huna felt he still needs to tell us that the halacha is like a Yehuda. You wouldn't have been able to necessarily figure it out on your own. Why? So You would thought that Lav Dafka is. Do we consider this sequential? That maybe you consider this for Stamberachachach legacy. Who says which Mishnah was written first? And since I can't tell you which Mishnah was written first, I can't tell you if this is a Stam and then a Machlaikis, or a Machlaikis and then a Stam. So therefore, who not to tell me, Lemaisa, we pass like a Behuda. Says, well, wait a second. If that's what you say, that you can't necessarily rely on the sequence that we have the Mishnahis written down. So, then what's the rule? You tell me there's a rule in Shas. Machlaikis, we pass like the Stam. And now Ravuna's question that the whole sequence is Lavdafka. So if the whole sequence is Lavdafka, so then you never have this rule applied. So, but that can't be, because we know this is one of the Klali Psak. So what is going on? He says, in one Mishnahista, in one Mishnahista, so then we know we have a sequence of the Mishnahis, and we can rely that the sequence is in order, and if he wrote the Mishnahis on a certain sequence, we can assume that if he wrote a Machlaikis, and then later on he wrote a Stam in the same Mishnahista, then it's considered a Machlaikis, we pass like the Stam. But, if he had a Machlaikis in Baba Metzia, and the Stam is in Baba Metzia, then who says which order it was written in? Maybe he wrote the Baba Metzia one first. One Masechta could be written different, like we, even like we see in Rashi nowadays, right? We have different Rashis who do Chayzer and different things in different places. Lavdafka was written in the order which we think it's supposed to be. Vravun, uh, that's what he says. Rav Yosef, Rav Yosef says, I agree with that. But But at least whether that means just the three Babas or whether it means all said in Azikin, but at least the three Babas, Babasra, are really one Masechta. Okay, they broke it up so you can make three different siyumim, right? But Lamaisa, it very hard to have an art scroll that was that big with all those Masechtas in it. But Lamaisa, right? But Lamaisa, it's three set. 
Oh, yeah, it was a little one. But, but, uh, but the, but Lamaisa, it's considered one Masechta in terms of the sequence. And therefore, if you have a Stam in Babatsiya, which came after a Machlaikis in Babakama, that is considered one Masechta. You can rely on the sequence. And if you can rely on the sequence, then it's another Pashit, says Rav Yasef, that we pass like the Stam Mishnah Babatsiya over the Machlaikis here in Babakama. Or another reason is could be Rav Yosef agreed that maybe these considered separate and Lavdafka can rely on the sequence. But he said, if you look over there in the Mishnah Bamatsiya and Dafai Vav, that halacha that we said, call him does not belong in that Mishnah at all. That Mishnah is just going through random halachas, that are what we call halacha psuka, things which are no machlaikas, and listed over there is this halacha of which is out of place. It doesn't belong there. Why is it brought there at all? is only there to teach me we paskin like that. There's no other reason for it to be there. And therefore, from the context of the mission, it's very clear we paskin like that. And therefore, if Yosef was perplexed, why Rav Huna had to go out of his way to teach us this halacha? But Rav Maisa, no one's arguing on the halacha. They're just arguing, and we paskin like Yudah, they're just questioning whether this is a chiddish or not. I'm sorry? Stam Mishnah is a mayor, not in this case. Yeah, <laughs> that, no, yes, Stam Mishnah that you don't know who to associate it with would be a mayor. In this case, not, of course. You're right. Tanarabad. Now we take an interesting application of this halach. A different application of the same lachayra machlaik as your mayor in I give money to a shliach, and I say, do me a favor, go buy me some chitim. And he goes, and he doesn't throw the money in the garbage, because then, of course, he'd have to pay me the money. Rather, he buys the wrong thing. He goes ahead and buys sairin instead of chitin. He buys barley instead of wheat. Or sairin, I tell him to buy barley, and he buys wheat. So he bought the wrong thing. Very similar to Tzvar Adam and Tzvar Shach. So Tani one Bryce said, now why was he buying the wheat? So as we will see in the context of the Gemara in this stage, we're buying the wheat for what we call an investment. Okay, what we call mechtzeschar. Mechtzeschar means I give you money. I said, go invest in wheat. And when it goes up in value, we'll split the profits. Okay, so we'll split the profit. That's normally. But over here, you bought the wrong thing. So the first Bryce says, in pichsu, pichsu, that's the shliach stuff. The shliach was supposed to buy me wheat. He bought me barley. We consider it as if the wheat and the barley is now owned by the shliach, is not owned by the original owner at all. We consider the shliach as being mishana. If he's mishana, he keeps the wheat or whatever it is that he bought, and he has to pay back to the original owner their money. Right? He's mishana. Mamash like Remeir, like Remeir said, that you are mishana and you have no, nothing to do with it at all. Tani Chada. You have another price that says, in Pichsu, if he bought the wrong thing and it went down in value, so then he has to absorb the loss, obviously, because I didn't expect him. I, obviously, I gave him money to go up in value, to make a good investment, not a bad investment. But even if he brought the wrong thing, the other price says, if it went up in price and we profited, then we do split the difference. We split the profits. So what's the, what's the two prices over here? So Rebbechel and Rebbechel says, like Asher, Harameir Harbiuda. This is exactly our two shitas. Harameir Darmashina Kaina. Remeir holds Shinoi Kaina, and when you make it red instead of black, black instead of red, we said Remeir said that you have to pay back the value of the original wool. Here also, when the Shliach bought the wrong thing, Chitin or Sayer, whatever it is that he bought wrong, he was not representing. The Balabayas at all, if he's not representing the Balabayas at all, it's considered his, like he stole it, Keilu. He didn't really steal it in this case, but Keilu, he stole it. And if the Balabayas just gets his cash back, that's the first price. Behuda said in our Mishnah that when you make it red or black, we don't allow the person who made the mistake to profit. 
all of it. Rather, we say it's, he gets only his expenses or he gets the shvach, but the actual wool went up in price. The owner gets to keep here also. When I send you to invest in Chitin and you ended up investing in Siren, if it ends up making a profit, I definitely get that profit, not all of it. In this case, the whole deal was mechzeskar, but I definitely get some of that profit. So the this would be these two prices are mamish lamachlaikis miyuda and remit. Masking floor belaz or belaz is lavdafka. Mimai dilma adkan lekam remayer el bemidi dechazle legufe. The whole time, reason remayer said when you make it black and you made it red or red and black is because I want a red sweater or I want a black sweater. Okay, and therefore, since I care what color the wool is, if you do the wrong thing, no good. And if I want to eat wheat, and you buy siren, I don't want siren. I want wheat. I want to make challah. If I need siren for my for my challah, and you buy me wheat, that's no good. But if I'm only interested in the investment, Sheboy, I don't really care what it is we're buying per se. I happen to think that chit is a good investment. I'm buying it, so it'll go up in price next week and I'll sell it and make a profit. If Lemaisa, you buy siren, it goes up in profit, I don't care. Right? I don't really care. So when it's legufe, then I care what it is, because I want this particular color, I want a particular food. Of a l'schaira, but if I'm buying it for investment purposes, why? What is the, the mashalech doesn't really care what you're buying. He thinks it's a better investment for the chita. But l'maisa, if you make money on the siren, that's good too. And therefore, elar mavlazer havar emer. It could be both prices are emer. Loikasha kan lachila kan In a case where I send the shliach to buy the food because I want to eat it, in which case I care which one I'm getting. So then the price says if he bought the wrong one, I have nothing to do with that. I don't want the sairin. I only want a chitin to eat, and therefore the sairin is only shayach to the shliach. But when I actually sent him just for investment purposes, that's the second price. As long as it ended up making money, if it didn't make money, I didn't want you to make that investment. But if it did make money, then I still have a vested interest in that because I didn't really care what you bought per se. I just wanted to make sure that you invested the money. Good. So that is the between Rabbi Yechelen and Rabbi Lazar. And is the Machleikis Remeir and going to be applicable over here or not? Everybody agrees it would be. Rabbi Lazar is just saying that in Remeir also, there's two types of cases you can make here. Machula Mamarava. Comes here a famous halacha from Marava, from Eretz Yisrael, from the Yushalmi. And they asked the following question. They left at this halacha. And they asked as follows, according to Yechen, the first pshat, according to Yehuda, which means, and we're going to Yehuda who says, which means when I sent you to buy Chitin, you bought Sa'irin, and Yehuda says, even though I didn't ask you to buy that, I asked you to buy the other thing, Lamaisa, Yehuda says, it's not Shinui, it's Eina Koina, and therefore when you bought it, you actually, if it went up in price, we have to split the profits. So yes, Okay, I sent my shliach, I, shliach, I sent my representative over here to go buy me chitin. He went to the marketplace and he bought me siren. Okay. I did not want him to buy me siren. I didn't ask him to buy me siren at all. I wanted chitin. When he goes and buys that wheat from, a, from one of the shops, the owner of the store thinks that he's selling the siren to the representative that I sent. He doesn't know anything about me. And therefore, Frechtigamar, a fascinating question, which is, how does the Kenyan work? Every Kenyan requires a das makne of the person selling and a das kind of the person buying. You need to have both sides of the equation to make a proper Kenyan. So normally, I go into a, hold on, the Mar's going to ask you about shliach, hold on. Okay, but here he's not my shliach. Here he's not my shliach. Here I asked him to buy chitin, not sairin. He's going to buy sairin. 
I did not make him a shiach for that. If I did not make him for shiach by that, he's not representing me. If he's not representing me, how does the Kenyan work? Okay, even though the per- when he bought it for me, he had in mind that the Yisrael should go to me, but the Ma'is, he's not my shliach for Yisrael, and if he's not my shliach for Yisrael, when the person is selling it to him, the Das Makne is missing over here, because he thinks he's selling the Yisrael to this guy, who's not my representative at all for the Yisrael, and therefore it should not work. That's the Gemara's Kash. To the Meicher, in fact, the So if I, even if it's the right thing, how does that work? The das when you go into a store and buy something for somebody else, the guy in the store doesn't know who you're a shliach or not. So that doesn't matter. When you're the shliach and halachically a shliach. Then it's okay. And you can look at this lambda as one of two ways. Either because a shliach is the mishalayach, right? The shliach is the mishalayach. And therefore, since you're one person, the makna who's selling it to you knows I'm selling it to this person. This person happens to be somebody else. doesn't matter. It's two sides of a coin. The shliach is the mishalayach. Or you can say that the assumption is that I'm giving it to the person who's the buyer. Maybe he's representing something, maybe not, but who's the buyer? The buyer is that guy. Fine, I'm selling it to him. But when the shliach bought the wrong thing, then he's definitely not representing the Mishalach, and he can't tell me that the buyer is the guy at home, because I didn't tell him to buy this. So, how does this work? Now, it's not 100% clear if this kasha would also be applicable in our Mishnah itself. And our Mishnah itself, by Adam and Tzavalei Shachor, remember, Yudah said, the way Rashi explained Yudah in the Mishnah was, it's a knas. Okay, so it's not 100% clear in this case. Are we questioning, how does the knas work? Are we questioning, is there a knas in this case? Or are we just questioning the whole lumbus of the transaction? Like, where is the kingdom? Not 100% clear, but I should ask this question. But, according to Rabbi Yechida, I don't understand. The application of Rabbi Yehuda's halacha to our case of Kenyan, is a problem in the Maisa Kenyan itself. There is no Maisa Kenyan between the Meicher and the real owner of this wheat now. The question is where where is the Kenyan? Is it, it's a slightly it's a slightly different case because over there the wool is always owned. And the question is with the shvach. Okay, so the question is, do you look at shvach as something that needs a maisa kinyan or not? So we can debate and say that the Bnei Maravol, you don't need a maisa kinyan on the shvach, it's automatic. Well, over here, you definitely need a maisa kinyan. My only question was, if, if the whole svar Rabbi Yehud is a knas, then the question over here is not really a problem. Because if it's a knas and a din derabonan, then the rabbonan can hefker, bezdin hefker, and do whatever they want. Right? They're, not, they're not held down by dine kinyan. But the Gemara doesn't seem to be focusing on that. The Gemara seems to be saying, even if it's a knas, there still should be some Maisa Kenyan associated with it. Says the Gemara, I'll prove it to you. This is not, we have a fascinating riot the Gemara brings. If you're Maktish, everything you own. If someone says they want to give their Erech value to the Beis HaMikdash, so, so Bezdem comes to you and says, excuse me, we heard that you're a Maktishor, you're a we're here with the truck to pick it all up and bring it to the base of Megdish. Start loading everything on. Okay. So, he, all of his, everything he owns, everything, right? Take paintings off the wall, the shoes in your closet, everything. He starts cleaning the shoes of his wife out of the closet. He says, whoa, 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 those are not mine. Those are my wife's. Don't take the bicycle, that belongs to my son. Don't take this, it belongs to my daughter. Wait a second, what do you mean? You were Maktish everything. Oh no, but those are not mine. I was only Maktish my stuff. I was not Maktish my wife's shoes. Now, who bought your wife's shoes? The assumption is you did. And when you went into the store with money and paid for your wife's shoes, 
Who owns those shoes? At that point, him, but then she's mm-hmm. So the Gemara's, you know, assu- the Gemara's assuming here, no, but there was never a Kenyan made. The Gemara's assuming here <laughs> that when you go into a store and buy a pair of shoes for your wife, it's your shoes. You paid for it. You made the Kenyan. The person selling it to you only knows about you. So how's it your wife's shoes? Right? How's it your wife's shoes? Must be. We see from this price, it is your wife's shoes. Right? We see that it's your wife's shoes. And therefore, when you make a shliach, when you're going as a shliach to buy shoes for your wife, it works. But if you're not a shliach, then it doesn't work. So when you go as a shliach, it works. Says the Gemara, Who said that he should... Die it for the wife. You bought it. What do they know? It must be, because obviously, even though you didn't tell the person in the store when you went to pay for the credit card that you're the shliach of the wife, once you're a shliach, it's automatic. And therefore, those clothing are not yours, they're hers. And therefore, when you have a real shlichos, it works. But if you don't have a real shlichos, says my rabbi, it shouldn't work. No, it doesn't matter. Who cares? I'm buying it for whatever. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. He doesn't know. Who knows? First of all, first of all, that's a dangerous question nowadays. So therefore, maybe not. Maybe the truth is you really own all that stuff. But when you're Makdish Nechassim, you're, you're not crazy enough to be Makdish your wife, the stuff that is going to be used by your wife. Not that gets owned by your wife, just your intention when you're Makdish everything is the stuff that you use, not the stuff that she uses. But who says that that becomes hers? That's the question. It's not a question of is she allowed to use it. The question is who's the owner on it? How did she ever become an owner on it? When you paid for it, it was yours. It's not hers. Now, if you want to go make a matana to her, you could discuss. Can you make a matana that she has an order? We can go through all that lumdus. But the Gemara is assuming is there a pot. Fine. The Gemara is being a raya that shlichus works. The Gemara is saying, maybe it doesn't work at all. Words, if shlichus doesn't work, then it cannot be. And then the whole name of falls apart. But Yerava's halacha only makes sense. And if you assume that a shliach works, but a zeichet doesn't work. Now, what would an afkamid be? Think of an afkamid, a practical afkamid, which can happen all the time. You go to the store to buy a wedding present from someone, okay? You buy a big box of pots. You bring it home. Your wife says, oh, I like those pots. Let's keep this one. I'll buy them something else. So when you bought it in the store, did that automatically make it owned by the chassan or not? Right? The owner of the store had no idea you're buying it for a chassan at all, or any particular chassan, even if you tell him it's a present. Let's assume he doesn't know. Okay, so you paid for it. You made the kinyan on it. According to B'nai Marava over here, right, they, they, it's going to be yours. Right? It's going to be... B'nai Marava is saying that does not make sense in this case where the Makna does not know. That's B'nai Marava's whole point. When you're a Shliach, you're a Shliach. But if you're using Dine Zochin, you need the person who's giving it to you to understand that that's what's going on. And if they don't know what's going on, you can't be Zochin. That's exactly B'nai Marava's point. Okay, so if you know, you know. You ask him, who's it a present for? Fine, whatever. But that's that's exactly their point. So you're telling me over here that your das is not to be makdish stuff that goes to your wife. Is your das to be makdish your tefillin? But if you makdish everything you have, we take away your tefillin. And you have to pay for tefillin to get your tefillin back. If you're telling me it's all based on das, nobody wants to give away their tefillin, the chayra. No, I'm glad by why. 
When you're makdish everything, you want to give me where you're tefillin too. Because I'm makdish a chasav shavar mitzvah kavdini. You think you're doing a good thing. You think you're doing a good thing, and therefore you're willing to give away even your tefillin. Your wife you don't want to start up with. Okay, and your children you don't want to start up with. So that you don't have to ask But maybe that stuff really doesn't belong to her. Maybe it belongs to you. If you tell you it's all based on your das, it's said over your right? That Bezdin forces you to pay. It's not another Allah we learned was say. If you don't pay, they take a mashkin from you and they hold it until you pay cash. If it's all based on what your intention is, clearly when you say you want to give you mean it very all intention. You definitely don't mean that they should come at gunpoint to take a mashkin from you. And yet they do. See, we see it has nothing to do with what your intention is. And therefore, if just because you don't intend to give your wife stuff, shouldn't matter. They should actually take it away. Must be that it really belongs to your wife. No. Maybe really the stuff that your wife has in the closet is yours. Maybe. Who knows? It's hard to know. Based on the salacha. We have a suffix, whether we go into salacha or not. But when you're maktish, you're nechosim, Chazal let you off. And Chazal say anything which is used by your wife will, will treat it ke'ilu. It's your wife's, but maybe really it's not. And I was, let's just make a sikum of what we're saying over here. The B'nai Marava is saying that when you buy something, if the person selling it to you doesn't know who you're buying it for, then we assume it's going to you. Not to the third party that you might be. If you're a shliach, then all bets are off. Of course you're a shliach, you represent the mishalach, that's a dintar. But if you're not a shliach, you're working with din zachin, then it only works if that person knows. Oh, where do we see that? We say over here, by shlichus is different by an ishtay. Fine. If you come out, shlichus is not different by ishtay, and everything you buy for your ishtay is going to be that, then you're going to be in a little bit of trouble over here. Fine. So we have Machleik is Nefer B'nei Marover arguing on Rabbi Yechanan, and B'nei Marover is saying, it cannot be, according to Behuda that you can go over here and buy chitin and make a profit on it if the, only, if the person selling the chitin is unaware that you are zochin for somebody else. Tanarabana. Same point now. So if I go and buy a field of the name of somebody else, I tell the seller, I'm buying, I'm representing so-and-so. What does this mean? The world's going to explain in a second. If I tell the meicher almanas, my kamer, what does this mean? I go to my friends and say, I'd like to buy a field. I'm not representing myself. I'm buying it for the Reish Kalusa. Big, powerful guy, the governor of the town. You don't want to start up with him. I expect to have a clean and easy transaction. But you're not really buying it, Peshem the Reish Kalusa. Okay? So, in Kaifanis the Reish Kalusa, what happens is the Meicha writes a star, says, I sold this field to the Reish Kalusa. And he gives it to Ruven. Okay? Ruven, who's this guy who came to buy it. Now, Ruven's a little stuck now. Because now he has a field that the star says is owned by the Reish Kalusa. Really not. It's not owned by the Reish Kalusa. He was buying it for himself. It wasn't really his intention, was I'm keeping it for myself, not for the Reish Kalusa at all. Can I now go to the Reish Kalusa and say, can you do me a favor, write me another star that says this field is really mine? I have one that says it's yours. It's not really yours. Can you write me a star that says it's really mine? No. Reish Kalusa says, buzz off. I have nothing to do with you. The Mamala Amanas, but. If between me and the Meicher, I said to the Meicher, this is part of the deal, then Kaifer's Rishkulimkar, then Bezdin forces the Rishkulusa to write a second star. Why? Now, who is the real owner of this field now? Okay, so it's a little bit hard to read the Gemara. The way the Mepharshim said to read the Gemara is, the real owner of the field is Ruvain. Now, when Ruvain went to the Meicher and said, I'm buying the field, who did he say he's buying it for? He said he's buying it for the Rishkulusa. So the Meicher's das was Reish Galusa. But Lamaisa was saying the field is owned by Ruvain. 
How does that work? Lema pligia b'nei marava. Lachar that doesn't work with b'nei marava. The ami v'chimiyah deal about chitut shik nechitut ba'amayis. They said the das makne is what's important. In this case, the das makne is on the reish kalusa. So how does Ruvain own the field at all? Lachar it shouldn't be Ruvain's field according to b'nei marava. Must be this psak is going not like b'nei marava. And I don't care about the das makne at all. I care about the das of the koina. And since the koina had a mind for himself, it works for himself. So I'm ibishim halai kasha. It could be we're talking about a case where everybody knew. The owner of the field, the Adam, everybody knew it was a trick. Everybody knew it was really not going to the Reish Galusa. Everybody knew he was really buying it for himself. He was just announcing it publicly it's for the Reish Galusa, so nobody should start up with him and everyone should you know, leave, leave the deal alone. If he forces him, then he can make the Reshkulusa write a second shtar. Why? So the Reshkulusa could say, Why did you put my name on the shtar? Because everybody's afraid of the Reshkulusa. So that gives me a little bit of covet. But I don't want your covet. Because I don't want a shtar in my name that I sold this field. Right? It looks bad. In those days when you sell fields, it's bad. It looks like you need cash. So Reish Kalusha can say, what do I have to do with this deal? You decided to give me covet and blame this whole deal on me. Now you want me to write a second shtar. Mechatesa, I should write you a second shtar. What do I have to do with this deal? And it's bad for me to write a second shtar, a shtar at all. I don't have anything going on here. What halacha makes no sense? Elam Rabbaya, hachi kamar. Halokech, sadam chebeshem Reish Kalusha, ain't kaifnes ha-moicher limker zembrachite. What I can do is I can go to the moicher and say, look, you know, and I know, that I'm not buying it for the Reish Galusa. I'm buying it for myself. I announced I'm buying it for the Reish Galusa, so everybody will leave me alone. Do me a favor, write me two stars. Write me one star that it's sold to the Reish Galusa, and then write me a second star to protect myself from the Reish Galusa coming and taking it later on. So write me a second star. So if you did not make up that deal in the first place, too bad. But if it was part of the negotiations, then we forced the Meicher to write a second shot. We'll talk more about that tomorrow. But Lamaisa, we're coming out. This has nothing to do with the Bnei Marava's issue. This is brought in Derech Agav because we assumed that the real owner, the seller, did not know what was going on. And therefore, if he didn't know what was going on, according to the Bnei Marava, you're going to be in trouble. Lamaisa, this is not that case. He really knew what was going on. It was a cover-up that everybody was in on. But Lamaisa, we can ask him to write a second star to make sure the Reish Kalusa doesn't take advantage. Later on, we'll see him at Hashem working.